The Insurance and Injury Law Show, the number one, 888-990-9646. It is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Through email, we'll get to some emails throughout this hour, and we'll also get to the injury calculator. But first, uh, Savannah, we always start the show with uh, the week that was. Some cases you're either working on or resolved recently, some interesting stuff. So uh, what do you got going on in that regard? Well, John, let's talk about a few cases uh, that came across my desk. I got an email uh, last week. Uh, Actually, sorry, it wasn't an email, it was a phone call uh, from an older gentleman. It was about his 45-year-old son, uh, and his son currently lives with him uh, and his wife. His son uh, has been a marketing manager, had a very, very good job for the last six years, fantastic life, you know, goes out, uh, relationships, the whole thing. And about a year and a half ago, his son started developing these chronic headaches, uh, and, and memory issues, and they didn't understand why. There was no accident, there was no uh, sudden illness, and so they went and got checked out. Uh, he got checked out. He probably did about a thousand different tests, uh, MRIs, CAT scans, everything you can imagine, uh, and they still don't know what's going on, except that they know that he can't function at work. And uh, what he did is he had long-term disability coverage at work, and he applies. And he gets a rejection back from the insurance company saying, uh, you don't qualify under the definition of total disability because of insufficient medical documentation. And then he just gives up, right? He gets this letter, figures, okay, well, I don't get that. So moves in with his mother and father. And his father has been a listener of the show and decided, you know what? I'm going to take matters into my own hands. I've told my son to, to call Sivan. He hasn't. And so he called me and I had a conversation with him for about 15 minutes. And, you know, I'll tell you, John, it's, it just strikes me uh, that, you know, people get these kinds of letters from insurance companies where they're told, you know, you don't qualify for long-term disability for a variety of reasons. In this case, very, very common to get this kind of a letter that says you have insufficient medical documentation. And, you know, most people scratch their heads when they're submitting a claim and getting a rejection on that basis because as far as they're concerned, they've given all of the medical documentation. Right. They've gone to their doctor. Yep. They've gone to their neurologist, orthopedic, uh, orthopedic surgeon, whoever, psychologist, psychiatrist, and they've given everything to the insurance company only to get rejected and be told the medical documents you've submitted is simply not enough. Uh, and many people, what they do is they simply walk away. They assume that they literally have no recourse. They see that last paragraph in the letter inviting them to appeal the denial but they don't want to. They don't want to deal with it. They're struggling, just like this gentleman. Uh, and, and so uh, we, we had spoken, I was spoken with his father, and we decided, okay, well, let me review the denial letter, the medical documentation. Uh, and what I found out is that since the time that uh, his son had uh, applied for LTD and was denied, and now there just has been so much activity with the doctors that I, I can tell you there's at least three doctors I've identified that have produced reports that clearly and unequivocally say that this person is unable to work because of all these symptoms. They are still trying to figure out what is wrong with him. And, and you know, what I told them is that, look, I can help you with this. This is not that difficult. Let's resubmit for the claim, okay? We're not appealing the original decision. We're resu- resubmitting. Uh, and if the insurance company comes back with a denial again, trust me, you're going to have a solid case and we can recover compensation for you. This is not one of those instances where, you know, it's maybe yes, maybe no, you know, I'll tell someone, well, you may not necessarily qualify under the criteria of total disability. No, this is ironclad. I've looked at the medical documents. And, you know, and thank God, thank God that his father took matters into his own hands and contacted me because I can tell you, John, 
this guy, based on what I've seen, he's never going back to work. Never. Unless they find some miraculous cure. 20 years worth of life, uh, of, of work capacity he has left until age 65. Mm. I mean, I'm telling you right now, he's got a lot of money owing to him by the LTD insurer. The LTD insurer up until now thought that they were going to get away by paying nothing. That's not going to happen. You said you're not going to appeal for the fact that they, they don't work, right? Yeah, appeals do not work. Uh, or let, let me rephrase that. They very seldom, very rarely, rarely work. And the reason why I tell people don't bother with an appeal is because when you're appealing a denial, uh, you're essentially appealing it to the same people who cut you off in the first place, right? The insurance company. Whereas where we start a legal claim against the insurance company, it is now out of their hands. And we talked about this quite a few times on other shows. What happens when we start a legal claim against the insurance company against the LTD insurer? As soon as we do that, internally within the insurance company, they now transfer that claim to another adjuster, someone who did not uh, deal with this disabled individual in the claim beforehand, so a fresh pair of eyes. In addition to that, there is now a defense lawyer assigned to look at the case from a legal standpoint. And so what happens is oftentimes when we start the legal claim, uh, the process is now completely different than initially, right? When you were dealing with the insurance company directly, now it's, uh, you know, with, with the courts essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, we end up getting uh, results fairly quickly uh, without much pain, to be honest with you. In fact, with no pain at all. Most of, most of my clients, when they come to me for LTD uh, issues and claims, we end up resolving these claims without them having to be questioned by anyone, right. having to be seen by anyone. So it's a much more efficient process. And really, when you start a legal claim against the insurance company, figuratively speaking, it's like putting a gun to their heads. They can't simply ignore you. one 9646 Got about a minute or two left in this one. So why don't we uh, d- uh, jump quickly into the injury calculator before we break? Well, that's a fantastic online tool. We've talked about it quite a few times. And what it does is it gives you a starting point. If you've been injured... Uh, through no fault of your own, someone else was responsible. Maybe it was a car accident, uh, someone T-boned you or re-rendered you, or maybe you slipped and fell on ice because someone was not maintaining the property. You suffered a fracture, uh, brain injury, uh, chronic pain, some kind of an injury, and you want to know, does it make sense for me to proceed with a claim for compensation? You want to know, what is the value for my pain and suffering? Well, if you go to injurycalculator.ca, It's a tool we've created. It's essentially a database of cases from across Canada where people of similar uh, uh, ages and and who've suffered similar injuries uh, as you have litigated these claims. And the courts have told us, well, here's how much money we are awarding these individuals. So if you have a fractured ankle, for example, a fractured hip, uh, a, a fractured vertebrae in your back, a brain injury, whatever it is, you click uh, through, through the database. Uh, it's literally a few click menus, takes you about 20 seconds, and it shoots out a range of damages. This is what you can be looking at in terms of compensation for your pain and suffering. And pain and suffering is just the first component. So It's just the first component. Can't often the smallest part, You right? got it. You can have income loss. You can have family members that can potentially be making claims because of your injury because now they're helping you, uh, assisting you. Maybe they, they can't work as much because they're helping you at home. Uh, neighbors cutting your lawn, uh, shoveling uh, your, your driveway. You know, there's a lot of components to a personal injury claim, but at least this uh, tool allows you to have, like I said, a starting point. Figure out how much money can you possibly be looking at for compensation for pain and suffering? one 990 is the number. It is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. And again, www.injurycalculator.ca. More of the Insurance Injury Law Show. Talk radio, AM 640.
The Insurance and Injury Law Show, the number one 888-990-9646. It is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. If you have questions outside the show as well, you can go to mydisabilityquestions.com. Some more cases, what's happening at the firm. Uh, give me some more uh, some more stories, Savannah. Well, here's an interesting story. There was a lady last year that my associate, Albert, and I helped. Uh, it was a long-term disability case. Again, one of those that uh, we resolved fairly quickly. Uh, without any pain to our client, and uh, she was extremely happy, and she had referred a friend of hers, and it took her friend a while to contact me. Uh, you know, in a lot of these cases, John, people, particularly on long-term disability, they're very hesitant, you know, to contact me or any lawyer for that matter because they think, well, you know, I'm not trusting insurance companies, but I'm not really trusting lawyers <laughs> either. And, and you know, I, I can't blame people for being uh, suspicious and and just being very cynical about the whole process. But that's one of the reasons why we go on air every week to give information. This is what it's about most times. And you know, what I find half the time, I think Lior, uh, my partner, says the same thing on the employment side, employment law, is that you know, the majority of people out there just have misconceptions of employment law, disability law, personal injury law. So anyway, so this lady, very nice lady, contacts me. So here's what she emails me. She says, hello, Sivan. She says, I'd like to speak with you, but I really don't believe that I have a claim. That's how she starts the email, okay? The main reason being is that after the first three months, the uh, insurance company asked for my doctor's clinic's notes in order to help determine whether I qualified for long-term disability. I'd be, I, I was upfront with them and I told them that I, I didn't want to go back to my place of employment uh, because of, of the significant stress that I was uh, experiencing. So I was declined my LTD claim. She concludes by saying, I definitely suffer from depression and I'm still in therapy, but it's not only as a result of working there. Remember, John, we talked about this before. Insurance companies many times will deny an LTD claim on the basis of uh, that the disability arises from the workplace environment, meaning what they're saying is you're not really disabled, all right? It's really the work environment that is so toxic that does not allow you uh, to work there. But if you were to apply, go work somewhere else, you'd be fine. You'd be fine, exactly. And incidentally, again, we're dealing not just with a disability issue potentially, but an employment one as well, right? We have lawyers that deal with both sides. So, you know, when I spoke with this lady, it became very apparent to me that, you know, she had a formal diagnosis for depression, anxiety. Uh, She's seeing a registered psychotherapist. And it it was abundantly clear to me from looking at medical documents that, no, you can't simply say that this is a workplace issue. Because if you were to just uh, uh, take her out of that environment and put her somewhere else, she still would not be able to operate. But many adjusters will simply default to the position of, no, it's simply a workplace issue. I can tell you right now, John, the claim is on its way. We are going to be able to help this lady. Not even a question in my, in my mind that we're going to be able to help her. Why? Because I've reviewed the medical documents that she has produced, and I think that the adjuster is simply wrong. And listen, oftentimes people come to me and they say, listen, on your show you said X, Y, and Z. How can you be so confident that you are right? Well, for two reasons. Number one, listen, I can never tell you here's a 100% guarantee. No one can do that. There are no guarantees. What I can tell you is that there are two things going for me. Number one, the fact that I was a defense lawyer. I worked for insurance companies in the past. That's number one. 
that already gives me a certain edge because I understand the way that insurance companies operate and think. You're on the inside. I, I was I, listen. I, Big I, time. I not only was I on the inside, but I I oftentimes advised the adjusters that I was reporting to on claims. Right. That that was my job right. to protect the insurance company. And the second reason why I'm so confident is because I've reviewed the law. Right. This is not uh, brain surgery. We're not inventing new things. Very few times you go to court arguing about something that hasn't been litigated before. When I'm telling you that I'm reviewing your medical documents, I reviewed the insurance company's position, you know, the insurance policy, and here's what I think you can do, and here are your options. I'm not telling you that, well, you know, let's try it, let's see, put some money down. No, you're not paying anything until your case is resolved. That's why I'm so confident. And also because, listen, I have a fairly good team, fairly good, I have a phenomenal team actually. Big time. We all work extremely well together. We advance these claims very fast through the system. And the majority of our, of our clients, believe it or not, don't come from listen, people listening to me on the radio or seeing me on TV or Lior. It's people being referred by other clients, other people that we have helped in the past. Just like this lady who contacted me because we helped her friend last year with her LTD claim. So now with this new information that she's armed with, we've started a claim and we're going to get her the compensation that she deserves. one 990 is that number. You can check out fightformyltd.com as well. Got a couple minutes uh, left here, brother. What else we got going on? Well, let's talk about uh, the website, fightformyltd.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to talk about that because it's really been um, accessed quite a lot since we launched it a few months ago. It's a very, very simple site, but it was born out of this need that I, I saw out there. People you know, who don't necessarily want to contact me directly, again, just because most people are cynical about lawyers. All they know about lawyers is that you know, what they hear on the news, and, and it's just a bad rap that, that we get. And every industry has its bad apples, but I can tell you there are very, very good lawyers out there, just like there are good dentists, good accountants, good engineers, etc. So fightformyltd.com is a website that gives you preliminary information, basic facts about long-term disability. If you or someone you know is on LTD, go to that site. You can click on the left side of the website that has five facts, five myths, five ways yep. of bolstering your claim, etc. On the right side, uh, if you click on the button there, it gives you five questions to answer if you want to know if, in fact, you have a legitimate case against the insurance company. If you've been denied LTD, if you've been cut off LTD payments, and you feel that the denial or the cutoff was wrong, go to that website, fightformyltd.com, click on the right side, answer those five basic questions. It will take you literally 10 seconds. I get that email directly, and I will tell you if you have a case or not. Really, really good tool, and it's been really used a lot. Again, fightformyltd.com is the website, the number one triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six. 9646 We'll bounce over to email and get uh, some more cases that have uh, come across your desk here as we take a short break. The Insurance and Injury Law Show, Talk Radio, AM640. Insurance and Injury Law Show, one 990 is the number. And check out MyDisabilityQuestions.com or the Injury Calculator. You'll want to find out what your pain and suffering uh, should be worth, could be worth. Why not check out InjuryCalculator.ca as well. Let's bounce over to a, an email quickly here, Savan. Got one says, uh, my wife is suffering from chronic pain in her back and depression. She can't work and cries all the time. She needs a psychiatrist regularly and gets medication, but the insurance company says that she can still do her job. She's a dental hygienist. Uh, There's no way she can do that. I don't know what to do. Well, you know, this is something that, uh, again, I get a lot of people, spouses who call on behalf of their spouses, on behalf of children, 
people that they know. So first of all, fantastic for this gentleman for contacting us. And you know, if, if, if his wife is getting regular treatments, uh, she's being seen by someone, uh, in this case a psychiatrist, the psychiatrist should be able to provide a report. I'm not talking mm-hmm. about a one-liner, okay? A report, a full report, a page, two pages, five pages, that really outlines all of the issues that his wife has, a diagnosis, a prognosis of what he can expect or she can expect to see uh, over the next few months or maybe even few years, perhaps a review of the medical um, uh, treatments that she has been receiving. Very, very, very important to do that. And, you know, when the insurance company comes back at a disabled individual and their family and says, you know, we don't believe your doctors or we think you can work despite everything you've submitted I think it's very unfair. I think it's just, and you know, it's interesting. I've had a lot of off-the-record discussions with defense lawyers. Of course, they're off-the-record, so I can't tell you specifically which one. Right. But I can tell you that, you know, whether you're a defense lawyer the way that I used to be or you're a plaintiff lawyer, who I am now, oftentimes we see the cases not that differently. Our positions may be diametrically opposed, right? Whenever I get a mediation memo from the insurance company, I tell my client, you're not going to like anything they write, just like they're not going to like and agree with anything we write in our memo. But that's the whole exercise is for both sides to outline their views. But again, off the record, the lawyers will often agree. They'll agree on the diagnosis. They'll agree on whether or not the person is disabled or not. They may have slight disagreements, but nothing is stark and major as the insurance company makes it out to be. Right. So, you know, what I would suggest to this gentleman is contact me off air. I will help. One of the big problems with LTD cases is that people who are dealing with adjusters, you know, part of the struggle, if not the most uh, difficult part of their struggle, is actually dealing with the insurance company, right? Insurance company is supposed to be a safety net, and oftentimes they're the ones who are essentially re-victimizing the person. (laughs) Let me deal with those people. You focus on yourself and on your wife. Have her continue getting treatments. I will tell you what documents I need. It's not going to be difficult to resolve this. As long as the treating practitioners, the doctors, the psychiatrist, the family doctor, etc., as long as these people provide the medical reports that I need, I don't care what the adjuster is saying. I will force the insurance company to pay her what she's owed, whether that's by way of paying her monthly LTD benefits or some kind of a global settlement uh, through a claims process. And again, remember, I always tell people, I'm never going to force you into any position. The... Uh, worst case scenario by contacting me is that you come out with information. You're going to be armed with information, with options. Then you can decide how you want to proceed. one 990 is the number you want to check out as well, the injury calculator, injurycalculator.ca. So back to the, uh, the cases you got today. What else you got there? Well, we have an interesting case. Uh, this is uh, from a gentleman who has been on long-term disability since April of 2016 after he was in a car accident. Uh, get this, John. He has a plate in his leg. He has torn muscles in his shoulder. Uh, in fact, they were, they were, the surgeons were unable to operate on his shoulder uh, because of the uh, injuries that he suffered there. Uh, and the insurance company has now hired a third party, some kind of a contractor, who's asking questions regarding his education, his work abilities. They want him to start looking for work. And he's going to see an orthopedic surgeon next week, again, to get an assessment as to whether or not at this point he can go back to work. Of course, he tells me that he can't, but he's going to go to his orthopedic surgeon to get an actual medical assessment. And I tell people out there, look, if the insurance company is forcing you, 
forcing you to go back to work and you don't feel that you are ready, you tell them you don't feel you're ready. It's always better to be able to back that up with medical reports, whether, again, it's your family doctor who's known you for many years, orthopedic surgeon, neurologist, psychiatrist, whoever it is. But if you don't feel that you are ready to go back to work, don't let the insurance company force you to go back to work. Very, very important. Oftentimes, people get forced back. And listen, nobody's going to come to your home, handcuff you, and drag you to work. But what they're telling you is that we are going to cut you off if you don't comply, if you don't do so-and-so. I think that's a very underhanded tactic by insurance companies. I don't think it's fair. And there are ways to combat that. As soon as you contact me, which is what this gentleman did, we get in touch with the adjuster. And instead of them telling our client, if you don't do this, we are going to cut you off, we tell them, if you do this, if you cut the person off, you're going to get a claim on your desk the next day, you're gonna to have to deal with your manager or supervisor because now your insurance company who's employing you is gonna to have to hire a defense lawyers, a defense lawyer to defend this claim and you guys are gonna you know, pay out at the end anyways. So do you really wanna go head to head with us or not? And that's why in most of these instances, the vast majority of them will resolve these issues fairly quickly, fairly efficiently with no pain. Certainly the individual who's hired us doesn't have to deal with the adjuster anymore directly. It's only us who are now dealing with the adjuster. one 9646 is the number. We've got about a minute left in this one. So quickly, I mean, we've had this question before as well, but I'll ask you, what do you need to keep in mind? Because you mentioned going to the doctor, getting assessment. What should you keep in mind when you go to the doctor when you're on long-term disability? Well, I really want you to keep in mind that whatever you tell your doctor can make its way into the doctor's notes. So remember yeah, that right. whenever you have a personal injury claim, a long-term disability claim, remember that every time you are going to a doctor, whether it's your doctor, like a family doctor, whether it's a walking clinic, whether it's the hospital, there is a medical record that is being created contemporaneous with your uh, visit, right? It's very, very difficult a year later when we get you know, the, your file from your doctor and we see all these notations, which are not necessarily helpful to you, that you say, well, I never told the doctor this or that. Remember, those notations were most likely made contemporaneous at the time you visited the doctor, right? right? So understand that anything you tell the doctor is going to make its way most likely into the notes. Now, the flip side is this. If you never see the doctor, if you never go to the doctor, you simply say, listen, I'm just living with pain and that's it. There's no point for me to go to the doctor. Well, imagine a year later, you're on long-term disability. You haven't seen anyone for a year and you're telling the insurance company you're totally disabled from working, they're going to say, okay, well, who have you, you know, gone to see? What, what treatments have you done for the last year? Not to have any medical trails whatsoever, even if you go to a physio clinic and you're getting physio, massage, chiro, whatever, not going to your family doctor for updates. I mean, it, it just it, optically, it just doesn't look good. It doesn't look as though you really are injured. I'm not telling you to go to the doctor just for the sake of going to the doctor. Just understand that... Uh, Whenever you have a claim, a disability claim or personal injury claim, it is absolutely crucial that you really report everything truthfully mm -hmm. and fully to the doctor because later on, those notes are going to come out and the insurance company is going to look at them and we're going to have to deal with those notations. one 990 is the number to get a hold of Savannah anytime. The email is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca as well. More of the insurance and injury law show on the way. Talk radio, AM 640.
The Insurance and Injury Law Show, one 990 is the uh, the phone number. The email anytime is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. We'll get to another email here. Someone uh, writes in through that address. Says, I've been told by several friends that there is no point to fight an LTD claim denial because insurance companies have the resources to fight and win. That's not what you say. I'm torn. I have a degenerative nerve disease and had to stop working a month ago. I'm 52 years old, worked as a computer programmer, making $135,000. Nice. Uh, should I even bother making an LTD claim? Yes. That's 100. Uh, it is 100% you should be making an LTD claim if you are unable to work, if you had LTD coverage, and if your doctors support your disability, which clearly given the fact that you have a degenerative nerve disease, uh, you do. Um, look, your, your, your friends told you uh, that insurance companies have the resources to fight and win. You know, I, I get this a lot, really, really a lot. It's, it's no different than on the employment side. You know, Lior gets people who've been fired from major corporations, banks, government, whoever, right. and they're told, you know, don't bother starting a claim, you know, because these are humongous entities and, you know, they're just going to take it all the way and they're going to squeeze you. No, that's not the reality. You have to understand something about insurance companies. They're not making money by fighting claims. They're not. Claims are expensive for them, right? I mean, let's, let's take an example. I mean, look, look at a country that's going to war. Uh, generally speaking, a, a thriving country, the U.S., Canada, whoever, we don't want to go to war, right? We don't want to go to war for a variety of reasons. Forget about the moralistic reasons. It's right. very, very expensive. You can use up money to build up infrastructure. You can build up, use the money to build up uh, uh, medicine, uh, research, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, in the same vein, insurance companies uh, do not want to fight these claims. Sometimes they are forced to because, you know, sometimes, and I can tell you, having worked as a defense lawyer in the past, some claims are frivolous. And I do come across people even today, not today, but nowadays, who come to me and they tell me, Sivan, you know, I heard you on the radio, I've seen you on TV, I've read about you in newspapers, and I think you can give me all this money. Uh, and by the way, should I be going to work or not? Right. And there's nothing that makes me more angry than someone who comes to me and says, well, what do you think? Should I be going back to work? Because the answer is very simple. If you can go back to work, you go to work. I'm not going to be uh, a puppet for you and, and, and you know play the system for you and get you money just because uh, I can or I know the law. No. And, you know, and there are lawyers out there who, you know, will, will sort of look at the gray areas and, and perhaps will cross over to the other side. No, I think that's improper. It's unethical. It's immoral. And it's one of the reasons why lawyers, again, get a bad rap and have uh, a lot of people out there uh, very suspicious. So, you know, to answer again this question, Yes, insurance companies do have the resources, but they would much rather putting those resources to settling claims that they know that they're going to have to pay anyways if this went to court. They don't want to pay their lawyers to fight these claims. They don't want to pay their adjusters to fight claims that are legitimate. That said, oftentimes it's a poker game for them. When they deny claims, the reality is that 9 out of 10 people are just going to walk away. And the problem is that most people don't understand that they do have options. And this is why I tell people to call me or to go to that website that we always talk about, mydisabilityquestions.com. You know, you can post your question there for free. You'll get a response within minutes. You can decide then if you want to proceed with a claim or not proceed with a claim. It's going to be up to you. But don't simply assume that because insurance companies are these mammoth corporations with all this money, 
that they are willing to simply fight claims till the end on principle. That's not how insurance companies operate. They operate on the idea that we want to make money. One of the ways to make money is to settle claims, legitimate claims, sooner rather than later. One triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six is a number to get a hold of Savannah anytime. So these big bad LTD insurers, they want you to go for a uh, like an independent medical examination. What does that mean? Do you have to do it? Well, yes, you do have to do it uh, when you are on LTD and the insurance company says, you know, John, we need to send you to an evaluation. Uh, you can't say no to that. Um, I, I mean, you cannot say no to that, uh, particularly if you have a, a, a live claim and has, uh, you know, you have issues that are not completely clear cut, right? We're not talking about paralysis. Right. For example, uh, you have uh, depression, uh, anxiety, PTSD, things like that. Not a broken they, bone that you can see on an X-ray. Exactly. They yeah. want to send you to a psychologist or a psychiatrist. But the problem is that oftentimes, you know, these kinds of assessments are used as launching pads to deny your claim. Not always, but, you know, who are these medical assessors? Well, these are people, experts in their field, but they're being paid by the insurance company. They're not individuals who are treating you, right? So perhaps, uh, you know, you have an orthopedic surgeon that's been treating you for a certain injury and you've been going to that person for the last year or two. Well, they may send you now, the insurance company, to their own orthopedic surgeon that has a different, that has a different loyalty, getting paid by the insurance company. So you may have a different opinion from the insurance company's assessor that says, you know, maybe your injury was bad back then, but now you should be able to go back to work. So you have to be careful as well when you go to these assessments to, again, understand, answer only the questions you are asked, cooperate, talk truthfully, uh, make sure that, um, you know, you don't embellish anything. Just be yourself, but understand that the assessor that you are going to see you're going to see because the insurance company is trying to understand, medically speaking, whether or not you should continue receiving LTD. Who's Dr. Trump's who's? Well, that's also a very good question because right. it, it really does depend on the credibility of the physicians. I tend to think, and I can tell you it's been borne out by the numerous mediations and cases I've handled, that treating physicians, right, a psychologist, a psychiatrist, neurologist, people have been treating my clients for years or even a few times, right, but they, they've been paid by OHIP, they haven't been paid uh, by me, right. their opinions, generally speaking, from my experience, trump the assessments of the insurance doctors. Why? Because everyone knows that the assessor hired by the insurance company is a hired gun, whereas the individuals that uh, are providing reports for my client are, are the, the, the doctors who've been treating them, that have known them for all this time. So if you think about it, if you were to take... 10 people from the street and ask them to be objective, look at the same case, listen to the evidence of the hired gun from the insurance company versus the treating practitioner that's treating the individual. I can tell you, I think nine out of 10 times, the uh, persons, the individual's own doctor's opinions, I think will trump the uh, assessors from the insurance companies. So again, something to keep in mind, but it's not always the case. You, you know, you, obviously, in every case, you have to look at the facts and you have to look and make sure that the reports you're getting from your own doctors, the ones who are treating you, can also stand scrutiny. One triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six is a number to get hold of Savannah. You want to check out the injury calculator and GK injurycalculator.ca and as well go to fightformyltd.com as well more of the insurance and injury law show coming up talk radio am 640
The number is one 9646 The Insurance and Injury Law Show. You want to email Savannah outside of show anytime, really, help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Have any questions outside the show hours, mydisabilityquestions.com as well. Here is an email. It says, I've been receiving LTD for almost two years and was told by my adjuster that it'll be cut off in one and a half months because all claims like mine are cut off after two years. Is this right? No. <laughs> And it's, we're done. See you next week. Yeah. <laughs> it's listen. Some LTD policies uh, are are only um, uh, active for a set period of time. The majority of them, however, go till age sixty five. The thing is that, and this is what most people don't know, is that in LTD policies, the vast majority of them, to get LTD long term disability, you have to uh, fulfill a certain criteria to qualify, meaning that you have to be totally disabled pursuant to the definition of total disability of the policy. The first two years of being on LTD, the test is, can you do your own occupation? It's called your own OCK test, your own occupation. Beyond that two-year mark, the question then widens. It becomes more difficult to fulfill um, or, or, or to qualify under. The test becomes not, not can you do your own occupation, but can you do any occupation for which you're suited for, by training, education, or experience. And so very important to understand that when I have people calling me or emailing me, being told that their adjuster told them everyone gets cut off at the two-year mark, that is absolute nonsense. And I can tell you from having spoken to a few people in the insurance industry, very rarely do you get these kinds of comments. And I, you know, one or twice, I think, in my career, I've seen this documented. I've actually seen an adjuster's email that talked about that. And I can tell you, as far as I'm concerned, that is the basis for a punitive damages claim against the insurance company because it's nonsense. Right. If the policy takes you to age 65, okay, you're 45 now, John, takes you to 65 years of age, and your adjuster tells you before your two-year mark on being on, L- on LTD that you're going to get cut off because everyone gets cut off at the two-year mark, and, and that person put that in writing, I'm sorry, that is completely wrong. That is, that is, and I'll tell you, preposterous, absolutely. And, and, you know, in those cases where I've litigated these kinds of cases, the adjuster that took over the file when we started the legal claim, as well as the defense lawyer, again, agreed that this is very wrong. And off the record, the, uh, you know, the, the, the defense lawyer, we, we had to negotiate some kind of compensation for the fact that the insurance company said something like this, right? Because it's the basis for a punitive damages claim. So to answer the question here, no, if your policy takes you to age 65 or beyond that, no, it's not automatic that you don't qualify. And in fact, in fact, in many instances, you know, it's a lot easier than people think to qualify under that definition. And I say that because we resolve claims weekly, literally weekly, where insurance companies have said, no, we're cutting you off at the two-year mark, and we've been able to get more than that through the legal process. But, of course, insurance companies play that poker game. They assume you're going to walk away. They told you it's a two-year mark. You accept it. You don't check around. You don't listen to the show. And that's the problem. Most people leave a lot of money on the table, money that is owed to them, owed to their families. We're talking about, John, tens if not hundreds of thousands of dollars that people don't realize is owed to them. And guess who gets all that money? The insurance company. You got it. Exactly. So you mentioned before in the last segment about, uh, you know, you have to go to an independent medical examination if the insurance company asks. But can your own doctor read those reports from that examining officer? Yes, absolutely. If you are going, if you are told by your adjuster to go to an independent medical examination, make sure you ask the adjuster for a copy of the report from the assessor. 
right? Usually it takes them a few weeks, sometimes even a couple of months to get those reports from the insurance company's assessor. Get those reports, go through them yourself first with a fine tooth comb. You're going to find generally that there are a lot of inaccuracies just because, you know, people hear whatever they want to hear um, when, when, you know, you, you go to these assessments. Make sure you go through the, the report in detail. Uh, oftentimes, these reports will detail your medical history, which, again, will have inaccuracies. So make a list of all these inaccuracies and then have your doctor. Let's say you're seeing a psychologist and they've sent you to a psychologist. Have your psychologist reviewed the psychologist report from the insurance company. Make sure that your psychologist, your neurologist, your orthopedic surgeon, whoever it is you have, make sure that if the conclusions of the physician or practitioner that the insurance company sent you to, if you disagree with the conclusions, right, the assessor for the insurance company says, no, you know, John is all good to go back to work despite all these issues, and you disagree with it, and your own practitioner, whoever's treating you disagrees with it, get your doctor to go through that other doctor's report and point out all the errors and rebut that report, okay? Very, very important. I always, always, always in these cases make sure that I get my own clients treating practitioners to go through these reports and provide their rebuttal so I can present that to the insurance company and tell the insurance company, here you go. It's not just me and my client telling you that your assessors are wrong. It's the practitioners who are actually treating my client who are telling you that for X and Y reasons, this person is unable to go back to work. That is very powerful. Because chances are there's going to be one or two things at least that are in there that aren't going to, they're not going to jive, right? Yeah, and you know, and even if there are, I've never seen a report from an insurance company's doctor that doesn't have any inaccuracies. But let's assume for a second that factually speaking, those reports from the insurance company's assessors are flawless. But you disagree with their conclusions. In other words, they've listed everything, all the medical records, they've done their, their testing. They just think that you're able to go back to work. Right. But you don't think you're able to go back to work and your doctors don't think you're able to go back to work. That's okay. It's okay if their reports are factually correct, but you disagree with the conclusions. Still get your own doctors to review those reports and provide a rebuttal to say, here's why we disagree with the opinion of the insurance company's doctor and here's why John is unable to go back to work. Again, it's a very, very powerful way powerful tool against the insurance company's almost inevitable denial of your claim. one 9646 is that number. You can go to the Injury Calculator at InjuryCalculator.ca as well. Lots more of the Insurance Injury Law Show. A few more minutes to go here. Talk Radio, AM 640. The Insurance and Injury Law Show, the number one 9646 You can go to MyDisabilityQuestions.com if you have some of those drop-down menu. Chances are it's been asked and answered already. If not, you can leave it there, and Savannah will uh, will get to it right away. An email from Blake says, um, Last December, my mother slipped on a wet floor while walking into her friend's apartment building. She broke her right hip and bruised the right side of her body. She was fully independent before this happened, and now she needs a lot of help. We're very concerned, and now my sister and I are talking about uh, her living with us because she can't walk by herself. Apparently, maintenance is a, is a major issue in this building, and other people fell last year. Can she get compensation for her injuries? Yes, Blake. The answer is absolutely yes, particularly if there have been maintenance issues before. Remember that under the Occupier's Liability Act, the legislation in Ontario that governs uh, the obligations that occupiers, whether they're owners of a property or companies that maintain properties, uh, that's, the, that's the legislation that's important, the Occupiers Liability Act, Section 3. Uh, very important to understand that they have an obligation to reasonably maintain the premises. 
And in this case, if there have been maintenance issues in the past and they've been documented and there are witnesses, you know, this is a very serious injury, Blake. I mean, your mother's hip injury, go to the injurycalculator.ca and and you'll see quickly that we're talking about six figures, most likely, just for the pain and suffering component of your mother's injury. And, And look, Again, we have to look at all the facts. I have to understand, you know, the the specific facts. What kind of footwear was she wearing? Uh, Do you have photos of the area? Uh, Are there witnesses? You know, all that kind of stuff. But I can tell you right now that I see a lot of these kinds of cases. They're very serious uh, cases, particularly when we're dealing with someone who's older, who now is going to have mobility issues and can't live independently. So either she's going to live with you and your sister, or you're going to have to get her Uh, into a home, again, you're talking about huge expenses. So, you know, we talked about this at the uh, beginning of the show about injurycalculator.ca telling you how much she could expect to potentially get for pain and suffering. Well, that can be dwarfed potentially by the future care she's going to need now, right, for her injury. Uh, It could be dwarfed if, uh, you know, she has a life expectancy of 25 more years and she needs to go into a home that costs four grand a month. I mean, just do the math. So very, very important to, um, you know, get a hold of me after the show. We can get in touch. I can come and I can meet with you, your sister and your mother. We can go over everything. And then you guys can decide what you want to do. But it's a very serious injury. And I can tell you right now, just based on the facts that you've presented, she has a case. Scenario, car accident. Uh, The injured person goes back to work for a short time, but then because of the pain, he or she stops working. So how does that look to the insurance company? I mean, what what will they say? Because he went back to work for a short time. Also, now you're disabled. So this is very interesting. Again, remember, I'm looking at these cases from the standpoint of a former defense lawyer. And I can tell you, whenever I see someone who's had an accident, whether it's a slip and fall or a car accident, and the person tries to go back to work um, after the accident and then fails, is unable to as a result of the injuries, immediately you get a sense that this is a legitimate claim, as opposed to someone uh, who may have had a fender bender and now says, I I can never work again. You know, I'm going to be lying on my couch waiting for a paycheck. So, uh, yes, uh, this is something that unfortunately is not as common as I would like it to be when people try to go back to work after a car accident. I think more people should try to go back to work, partly because maybe they'll surprise themselves and they'll be able to, and partly because it actually does look good. Think about it. Optically, if you're the insurance adjuster, if you're the insurance company, you're looking at that and you're saying to yourself, oh my God, 99% of claimants out there. They've been in an accident. They don't, try, you know, they they don't try to go back to work. This person did. So you are now differentiating yourself as a claimant. So very, very important if you can to try to go back. Of course, you got to have medical clearance. Especially important if you've talked with your doctor and your doctor is recording your attempt to go back to work and potential failure and your own company is recording the fact that you've tried to go back to work. They're aware of your limitations and restrictions. And they know their HR department has recorded that you're simply unable to at this point. It does strengthen your claim significantly. Got about a minute here. We'll get to this one quickly. If you can answer for Cheryl, says my father was in a car accident about five months ago when a truck on the highway turned into his lane without looking, hit him, caused him flying into a ditch. He broke three ribs, diagnosed with a concussion at the hospital. He's uh, having trouble focusing, is being seen uh, at a brain injury clinic. He's only 61, hasn't gone back to work. He manages a restaurant, and we're afraid that the owners will find someone to replace him. What can we do? Well, Cheryl, there's a few things that we need to do ASAP. Number one, uh, he needs to access his accident benefits. That's number one, right? These are no-fault benefits. If you're in a car accident in Ontario, 
you have access to those benefits unless you're driving without insurance and nobody else has insurance that's involved in the accident. So that's number one. He could be getting income replacement benefits, medical rehabilitation benefits, potentially attendant care. You know, there's a brain injury here, so we need to figure out if there is a catastrophic designation, which may open a lot of other benefits uh, for him. But again, also, you know, you're talking about uh, someone else who was responsible here for the accident. So he may have a tort claim against that truck driver. And that can be absolutely huge. I would advise, uh, let's talk sooner rather than later. You don't want to wait on this, particularly given the fact that he's still going to the brain injury clinic. There are a lot of things that have to be done, timelines that have to be adhered to. Let's deal with this uh, fairly quickly. I can give you all the information you need, and then you and your father can decide what uh, course of action you want to take. Done for another week, brother. Well done. The number uh, and leaving one triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six. The email to get a hold of Van Simple Help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. And I'll throw a couple of websites that are very handy you want to check out as well. You'll find out what your pain and suffering could be worth. www.injurycalculator.ca. And if you have any questions after the show, mydisabilityquestions.com. And then finally, I'll throw one more at you. I should be writing these down all hour, I assume. Uh, fightformyltd.com as well. Till next time, next week, the Insurance and Injury Law Show, Talk Radio, AM 640.